Well, turning your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we're continuing, of course, our study in Paul's second letter to the church at Thessalonica, and we move to the final section. This is a short letter, and of course, Paul's goal is to encourage, to inform, and to correct. In this section this morning, we're going to see Paul reminds the believers that God is faithful. We sang a number of songs this morning about faithfulness. We think about God, how he's faithful to us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. What should we fear? If you remember when Paul founded the church on his second missionary journey, he led people to Christ. He formed the church. He taught them. And then persecution started. They ran Paul out of town. And of course, these believers have been under persecution for a while. And Paul writes, and we remember that he writes for three reasons. One, to encourage these believers in persecution to correct the errors concerning end times, the end time events, and then to give some instructions concerning problem people in the church. If you remember in chapter 1, Paul dealt with the persecution. In chapter 2, Paul dealt with the end time events. As we get to chapter 3, Paul begins to deal with problem people in the church. However, as we start chapter 3, we see encouragement because Paul deals with prayer. Paul reminds them that God is faithful. He, Paul actually asks for them to pray for him, and he gives them some specific things. And then he says he's going to pray for them, and there's some specific things there. So as we study this morning, we want to be encouraged to live for Jesus Christ, knowing that he loves us, that God is faithful, and that we can pray for each other. One day, those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior will stand before Jesus Christ, not for salvation. Salvation is a gift by faith alone and Christ alone, but we'll stand before him to, to be account for our lives and how we live for him and served him. What we want to hear him say is, well done, good and faithful servant. When you think about serving God, it, the basis is not our fame or fortune, but it's faithfulness. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I read a study just recently about employers and employees, and the question to employers is, what do you value the most in the people that work for you? And the answer came up every time in every group, faithfulness, to be trustworthy, to be on time, to do what they say, to be faithful. Think about your work or whatever area in which you're responsible, are we faithful? I think of this church, and I think of so many people every Sunday morning. Think of the people who get here and are faithful to use their gifts, talents, and abilities to, so that we can have a service on a Sunday morning. But then you think about during the week and the people in this church who are faithful to use their gifts, talents, and abilities touching many lives. That's our goal, and every day we want to be faithful. Now, sometimes we are, but sometimes we're not. But there is a great truth. There is one who is always faithful and that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul reminds the believers in Thessalonica that God is faithful. And he's faithful in two things that we're going to see as we study the passage. God is faithful to give them strength to serve and faithful to protect them as they serve. And that's a great truth for us. God is going to be faithful to strengthen us as we serve, and God is always going to be there to protect us. And so may we think about these great truths as we study our uh, letter. Now remember, I put this up just a while ago, but remember why did he write? Encourage them in trials, correct the end time events, especially the day of the Lord. Remember they thought that they had missed the rapture. Somebody told them they missed the rapture and they were in the tribulation, and he writes to correct that. And then instructions concerning problem people. Well, this morning at the beginning of this chapter, we see prayer. Paul starts, if you notice, just look with me for just a second. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us. That's how he starts. And then at the end of verse 5, at verse 5, he says, May the Lord direct your hearts. He's praying right there. So we're seeing prayer as we look at the passage this morning. Paul has just taught them. 
that there's going to be the rapture. Following the rapture will be the tribulation, and the tribulation will be the man of sin coming who's called the Antichrist. He's going to claim to be God. And, and people who reject Jesus Christ are actually going to be fooled by this. And then at the end, of course, Jesus Christ comes as the King of kings, Lord of lords, sets up the kingdom. That's what he's just taught them in chapter 2. But in our passage this morning, he deals with prayer. Now, we'll notice this. Let me break down the passage for you. Paul requests prayer for himself. That's the first two verses. Then Paul encourages his believers based on God's faithfulness. And that's the key for our lives. God is faithful in our lives. And then finally, Paul prays for the Thessalonians. And so it's a really great thing. Let's start first as we look at this. Paul asked prayer for himself. Think about it. Look at chapter 3. Look at verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us. Now, when he saw his finally brethren, he's to the end. We, we don't have any more verses to go. He's almost through with the letter, so he says, finally, brethren. Now, you've been in services where the pastor would say, finally, and we think maybe he's about through, but he's not. He keeps going on and on and on. Well, when Paul says finally, he is close to the end of the letter, so we can look at that. He says, finally, brethren, pray for us. And he actually asked prayer for two things. Look at what they are. That the word of God will spread and that he will be rescued from evil men. Now, that's what Paul prays for. He says, pray for us, and he prays for those two things. Now, before we get into that, think about prayer for a second. Paul the apostle, probably one of the greatest men who ever lived, and when you think about Paul, you think, man, Paul went three missionary journeys, established churches, wrote 13 letters in the New Testament, defended Jesus Christ, stood strong, fought the fight, ran the race, kept the, kept the faith, he died for Jesus Christ. We think, wow, but that guy's asking for prayer. The truth is we all need prayer. We all need to pray for each other. In our lives, that's what we must be doing. We must be praying. How is your prayer life? Are you praying for your family? Are you praying for your friends? Are you praying for your church, the people in the body? Let me ask you a question. Would you mind on Sunday mornings, before you come, pray for me? Just pray that I'll be faithful to teach the Bible, that when we get to the, this part, that I'll have studied it, of course, and that we can teach it as clear as possible. Just pray that God will use me to teach you the Bible. Uh, pray that I'll be faithful. Pray for each other. Pray for those who do not know Christ as Savior. Uh, there are people that we come into contact with every day, and we, some of them we know if they're Christians, but sometimes we don't know. And pray for the opportunity. So we need to be praying for each other. Now, what was his request? And the two things were that the word of God would spread and that he would be rescued from evil men. Let's look at the first prayer request. Notice what he says. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified. He says that the word of the Lord would spread. In fact, he says that the word of the Lord would, would spread rapidly. And when he said spread rapidly, the word literally in the Greek means to run without hinder. He's saying, I want the, the, the message of the Bible just to go and to spread out. Think about it. We want the good news message of Jesus Christ, not only, to, not only here, but as we go out of this community, that it spreads in this community, and then it spreads into this country, and it spreads throughout the whole world. That's what Paul was praying for. He says, I pray that the message will go rapidly, that it'll go out. When we think about the message, we have the greatest message of all time. It is the message of salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Think about this. This is the greatest verse, but think about it. God so loved the world. God loved us with the world that he gave his son Jesus Christ. He gave him to do what? To die on the cross to pay for sin and rise again to conquer death. That whosoever, meaning any person, any person, anywhere, any place, any time, that whosoever would believe in him. And we're talking about faith. Faith in Christ, whoever would believe in him. It's not works, it's not goodness, it's not our faithfulness, it's not what we do. But whosoever would believe in him would never perish, be separated from God, but have eternal 
life. The message of salvation is that Jesus Christ offers eternal life to all who simply believe. That's it. And it's not a complicated message. It's a simple message. Now, a lot of people have confused it. A lot of people have added things to it. And so sometimes when we hear people trying to explain salvation, it's so confusing, nobody knows what to do. But the message that Paul says, I'm praying this message will spread rapidly. It is that Jesus is the Son of God who died and rose again, and whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. It is that simple. Salvation is a gift by faith alone in Christ alone for eternal life. It's so amazing that God gives eternal life as a gift to all who believe. So Paul prays that this message would spread, that it would advance. That, and it did. It went from Paul and it ultimately spread around throughout the world. And it says here that it would spread rapidly, that it would go fast, that many would hear. And that's what we need to pray today. We need to pray. And are you and I praying for the message of salvation? Are we praying that the message of salvation would spread all over Stillwater and then all over our world. You might say, all over our world. Well, do you understand that just on our website, the messages that we do on Sunday mornings, the messages that we've done in the past, some of the classes, those kind of things, they're on our website. And people all over the world go to our website and listen to those messages. All over the world. We ought to be praying that the message of Jesus Christ will spread rapidly. But how does the message advance? It advances when we tell people. In fact, listen to this, Romans 10, 17. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to proclaim the clear grace message of salvation in this community and in this world. And when people hear that message and understand it, many times people will put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. But they have to hear the message. Paul says in Acts, he says that they would hear the message and believe. They have to hear the message before they can believe it. So we must proclaim the message. We must be ready. Let me ask you this question. Are we clear on the gospel? And most people aren't clear on the gospel. Let me just be honest with you. Most people aren't. The gospel is the death and resurrection of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I make known to you the gospel. For Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried and raised again on the third day according to the scripture. The gospel is the death and the resurrection of Christ. He came to die on the cross to pay for sin. He rose again to conquer death. That's the good news message. Are you clear that when you go out these doors and we talk about spreading the gospel, that you are clear on the message of salvation? The second thing is, are you clear on the response? The response is to believe in him for eternal life. I mean, you've heard a million things in your life. Repent of your sins, give your life to Jesus, walk down an aisle, make him Lord of your life, get baptized. All of those are responses people have said that aren't biblical. The only biblical response is to believe in the one whom God has sent, to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. It is faith alone and Christ alone. That is the response. Don't tell people to ask Jesus into your life. That's not the, self, that's not the response. The response is to believe in him to give you eternal life. That's the message, and we want to be clear. So as Paul prayed that this message would spread rapidly, we pray the same thing, that it would spread rapidly. Notice what he goes on to say. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord would spread rapidly and be glorified just as it did also with you. When it says glorified, it means well-received. He's saying that when the message is presented, that it would be well received. And that's what happened in Thessalonica when Paul went there. Listen to this. I'm going to read from 1 Thessalonians. Paul writes about spreading the message to them, and he says, 
He says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word, even in tribulation, with great joy of the Holy Spirit, and you became examples to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Paul says, we want it not only to spread, but it to be received, glorified, as it did also with you. So Paul asked for prayer, that the message would spread. Let's pray that the message of Jesus Christ will go from here into this community and then throughout the whole world. And it's the clear grace message of salvation. Well, there's a second part of the prayer. And look what the second thing that he prays for. He prays that they'd be protected from evil people. Notice verse 2, and that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men for not all have faith. He wants to be rescued. You know, wherever Paul went, he was run out of town. Wherever he went, they tried to kill him. If you ever read 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, where he talks all about what happened to him, uh, beaten with rods, stone, day and a night in the deep, and trouble in the, you know, just over and over and over again. He says, pray that we'll be rescued from evil people. In fact, the word there, perverse, means in opposition. Of course, evil means wicked. And there were people who opposed to Paul. There are people who are opposed to the message and the grace message of salvation. There are people who are opposed to our message. Listen, huh? people tell me that we're wrong. It's more to it. It's more, you're going to have to do more than believe in Jesus Christ and have eternal life. You've got to be willing to do this and be willing to do this and be willing to do this. By the way, that's works. By grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves as the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There are people who are opposed to Paul's message, which is the same as our message. And, and uh, there are people who say that, it, that we make it too easy. I've had people come up to me and say, you make it too easy for people to go to heaven. Really? You tell them all they have to do is believe. I said, well, what does John 3.16 say? What does John 5.47 say? What, does, you know, what, what, what do they say? You know, there's 98 places in the Gospel of John that says believe. 160 places in the New Testament it says believe. We're not even counting the Old Testament where it says believe. Just in the New Testament, over 160 places it says you're saved by faith alone in Christ. That's the message. And Paul says that we'd be rescued from perverse and evil people. There are people who want to stop the message. And then look what he says, for not all have faith. Not all believe. And some that are t- not, only, not only reject the message, but they're opposed to the message. You know, there's some people you'll talk to and they just reject it. But there's some people who are rejected and are opposing you. And they will go after you. Paul requests prayer. He says, pray that the message would spread and pray that we'd be protected. We want to pray the same thing that the message would spread, and as we spread that message, we would be protected. Because our message is a very simple message, and sometimes it's confused. Why can we pray this? Why do we pray this? Because God's faithful. And notice what he's faithful to do, to give us strength and to protect us. Look at verse 3 where Paul talks about, he encourages the believer based on God's faithfulness. Look at verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. Even though people aren't faithful, the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Paul says that even though not all people have faith, not all, God is faithful, the Lord is faithful, and he is the one that will take care of us. Paul encourages these believers that, remember, God is faithful, God is trustworthy, God does exactly what he says. That's why I love the passage of Romans that says that God not only does what he says, but he's able to do whatever he promises. You realize that God is the one who saves us, God is the one who uses us, God is the one who's empowered us, God is the one who protects us. This verse says the Lord is faithful, he will strengthen us, 
and protect us. He will do what? He will strengthen us and protect us from the evil one. Now, we've been doing a study in Sunday school on temptation, and we said, ultimately, the world is a fallen world controlled by the devil, the evil one. So the devil affects the world, and the world affects us. We have an enemy. He is the evil one. Literally, in the Greek, it says, he will strengthen and protect you from the evil, but it's implied, because of the way it's written in the Greek, that it's the evil one, and that's why a lot of our Bibles put the word one in there. He will strengthen us and protect us from the evil one. First of all, who gives us the strength? God is the one who gives us strength. Listen, we can't serve God in our own power. All of us sitting here right now, you, how many, well, do you want to live for Jesus Christ? Everyone in this room would say yes. We want to, we want to serve him. We want to take the message to Christ, we, uh, of Christ in this community. He says, don't worry about it. God is the one that strengthens you. Listen to this. I can do all things through what? Through the one who strengthens me through Christ. And look at this. Apart from him, we can do what? Absolutely nothing. Listen, you want to serve God? It's not going to be your strength. It's going to be God through you. He is your strength. He is the one that strengthens us. But he's also our protector. He's the protection. I'll never leave you or forsake you. What shall we fear? That's what he says. He's our shield. He's our advocate. He's our defense attorney. He's the one that stands for us. And how does he take care of us? He has given us the word of God. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the armor of God. This is what we saw in our study on temptation in our grow groups. We've been seeing that. Now notice what he says. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. The evil one is the devil. I'm doing a study this fall. Uh, if you would like to come to it, I'd love for you to come to it. It's on Wednesday nights. It's during our Bible Institute. I'm doing a study called Angels and Demons. And we're going to look at that spiritual warfare, that spiritual battle. And when we study it, we're going to, the first part of the, the thing is going to be about the good angels, but then the last part of the study is going to be about the bad angels. And the bad angel starts with Satan and the angels that went with him. And it says that we have an enemy who protects us from this evil one who controls the world system. God has allowed Satan to be the god of this age. That's what it says. And he controls the world system which affects us. Now, how does God protect us? Well, we talked about it. We've got to know and apply the Bible. Philippians, that's supposed to be Philippians 4, 9. We are to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Galatians 5, walk in the Spirit. And we're to put on the armor of God, Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. So that's how we can have this victory, how he protects us. Because he's given us the Bible, he's given us the Holy Spirit, and he's given us the armor. And we are to draw near to God. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I want to just say one quick thing. We're not fighting the devil. We're not going after the devil. We're not looking for the devil. We don't want to even see the devil. We want to be as far from the devil as possible. We want to get as close to God as possible. He says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? You submit to God. You draw near to God. He will draw near to you. You're standing strong in the armor of God. You're not going after the devil. You're standing strong in Jesus Christ in the armor that God has given. So he says, listen, you don't have to worry. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. As far as the Thessalonians concerned, Paul had confidence that they would continue. Notice verse 4. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you, concerning the Thessalonians, that you are doing and you will continue to do what we have commanded. So he says, we have confidence in the Lord that God is working. And he says, God's working in your lives. I know you're going to keep on being faithful because they were faithful. That's why when we look at the two letters, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, we did a big overview of 1 Thessalonians, and we've gone verse by verse through 2 Thessalonians. You see that these were faithful men and women, 
faithful people who stood for Jesus Christ in the midst of persecution. Now, they were confused on some things, and that's why Paul had to write the letter. But he says, I have great confidence in the Lord concerning you, because it's in the Lord. It's not in them, but it's in the Lord, that you, will, you are doing and you will continue to do what we've commanded you to do. And that's to stand strong, and that's to live by the Bible. And we finish this with Paul prays for, uh, prays for them. Look what he does as Paul prays for the Thessalonians, verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. He says, here's what, here's what we want, that God would direct your heart. The word direct means to, to channel. He, he's basically saying, may God work through you. May God work through you and show you the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. And so that's what he's saying, that God, the Lord, will work through you so the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ that means when we go out these doors, people see our love and people see our faithfulness. Because the word steadfastness is hupomeno in the Greek. It means to remain under. Hupo means of, of, of and meno means to stay. So it's stay, stay under the load. Is that what it meant? It was like a guy said, here, hold this. And you're going, okay, how long, how long you want me to hold this? Well, for a long time. Oh, okay. So that would be being patient, being faithful, hanging under the load. God says to us, uh, Paul is praying for these Thessalonians, but it's for us as well. Listen, that God would work through you and they would see the love of God and the faithfulness of Christ in your lives. That's what we want. God's love and God's faithful patience, the faithful patience of Christ. Notice what it says. May the Lord direct your hearts. May God work through you into the love of God, how you love God and God loves you, and into the steadfastness of Christ. And so when we go out in this community, we want them to see the love of Jesus Christ in our lives. That's what makes us different, by the way. That's what stands us out. Uh, we, we, we act different. We're supposed to. And we act different because we love others. And J Jesus even told him, he said, they'll know that you're my disciples by your love one for another. And so Paul says, my prayer is that God would work through you and they would see the love of Jesus Christ. And he says, the steadfastness of Christ, which means the patience of Christ, the faithfulness of Christ, that you'd stand strong. So when we go out, we're to be known for our love and we're to be patient, continuing in ministry. And see, a lot of this idea here of patience is that we stand strong. Listen, every, everybody wants to stop you. You understand that in a fallen world, everybody wants to stop you from being faithful. Everything wants to stop you from being faithful. The devil can't stop you from having eternal life because you already have eternal life by faith in Christ. So his only other thing he can do is just stop you from serving. He can put everything else in the way and, and confuse you. But Paul is praying for the Thessalonians and for us that when we go out these doors, people will see the love of Jesus Christ and people will see the faithfulness of Jesus Christ as we keep on keeping on doing what we're supposed to do. One of my heroes, I have a few heroes in my life, but one of my heroes is a man named Bob Tyler. He was my high school coach. He became the head coach at Mississippi State. He's the one that hired me when I coached at Mississippi State. And he had a saying that was that we started even when we were in high school, but we used it all the way even at Mississippi State. It was keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on. Just don't stop. Just keep on keeping on. doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter whether it's practice. It doesn't matter whether it's a game. It doesn't matter if it's in the morning. It doesn't matter in the evening. You just keep on keeping on. Keep on being faithful. Paul actually says, I pray 
that God will channel through you Christ's love and this faithfulness of you're just going to keep on keeping on doing the ministry. Because, see, they're in persecution, and it's real easy to say, I quit. I'm not going to put up with this. Uh, it's too much. See, what are you going to do when you tell somebody, hey, um, you know it's just faith in Christ and you have eternal life? No, it's not. It's much more than that. You're wrong. It's, it's much more than faith in Christ. You've got to be turn away from your sins. You've got to be willing to live for God. If you're not doing and serving God, you're probably not a Christian. And, there's, and they start piling it on. Are you going to say, I quit? Or are you going to say, no, let's go back through the Bible. Let me show you what it says. Are we going to stand strong or not? Paul's prayer, they'd show God's love and they'd keep on going in the ministry. Do we reflect the love of Jesus Christ? Do people know us by our love for one for, no, one for another? Are we steadfast? Are we in keeping on being faithful? So what have we seen? Paul requests prayer. He prays that the Bible, will, the message will go out and he'll be delivered from evil people. Paul encourages them that God is faithful to strengthen them and protect them. And finally, he prays for them that God would work through them, showing God's love and faithfulness. Wow, there's so much here. Let me give you some applications. First one is this. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other. Paul said, pray for me, and then he prays for them. So what do we do? We pray. Let's, Paul requested prayer, and we need to pray. Let me tell you, get really practical on this. Get you a little book. Go, go somewhere and buy you one of those little bitty notebook. And then write down and say, people to pray for. And put some people's names down. Put your family down. Pray for them every day. Put, put somebody else. And, and there may be people in there that you don't know whether they're Christians. And you just write their name down. And then every day you say, Lord, give me an opportunity to, see, to, to find out whether this person knows Christ or not. And if they don't know Christ, give me an opportunity to share my faith with them. Pray for each other. Write me down in your little book. and press it. Just put it on Sunday morning. You, don't, you can pray for the week too, but just on Sunday morning say, pray for JB. Help him teach the message. Help him proclaim the word. So let's pray for each other. The second thing, let's do this. Let's pray for the spread of the gospel. We want the message to go out. Listen, with just our website, you don't understand how amazing it is to have a website that the messages are on there and people all over the world are listening to those messages. We want that message to spread. Pray for the opportunities. Be ready to share your faith. Know what the gospel is and be ready. The third thing is let's remember that God is faithful in our lives. He's First of all, he's faithful to give us strength for ministry. Remember he said he will strengthen us and he gives us the strength. He is the one that is the power when we serve. But there's a second thing and he will protect us. Remember it says that God is faithful to strengthen us and protect us. Let's remember God is faithful to strengthen us and to protect us. We don't have to be afraid. Listen, when we gather together with each other, it's fun. We eat donuts, we drink coffee, we laugh, we talk, we talk about the Bible, we talk about everything, we have a great time, and then we scatter out into a fallen world. And some of you go by yourselves. You're not alone. He'll never leave you or forsake you. What should you fear? He will protect us in a fallen world. Wherever we go, whatever we do, he is there. Last but not least, let's be faithful as we serve, showing God's love. Remember, we show the faithfulness of Christ. We show the love of Jesus Christ. I pray that when people talk about our church, that not only they'll say great music, whew, great music. They might say good teaching, good teaching. But what we really want them to say is those people love one another. That's the key.